0: with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.imturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page Go to Facebook and search I am turkey hunting and also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 130, Turkey Hunting Safety Reminder. And I am your host and the guy who actually found a gobbling turkey on one of his hunting properties. Man, if that's not a big change, I don't know what is. So after three and a half weeks... Of not sitting down on a turkey to actually have a hunt. I had a hunt. You know, last week I told you about screwing up a turkey that was on the neighbor's property. Well, this turkey is on my property and has been hanging out there and has been gobbling. And so Sunday morning, Easter morning, I got probably 30 yards from the turkey The turkey was up on a ridge. I was just down the ridge from the turkey and could not see him. And he was drumming and gobbling his little heart out up there on that ridge. So I skipped hunting him Monday morning because I didn't have as much time to hunt him. The property where he is is one hour and five minutes from my house. And so... There are mornings when work calls, and I just don't have that hour and five minutes to get back. So I didn't go there Monday morning. Tuesday morning, I drove there, got out of the truck. He gobbled twice. I wasn't exactly sure where he was, but I walked into the woods and promptly spooked him off the roost, which stinks. That was an hour and five minute drive there, about a 10 minute hunt, and an hour and five minute drive back home. Of course, I stayed a little longer to see if I could get another turkey to gobble anywhere on that property and didn't have any luck. So anyway, there is hope and I'm excited about that because we are only 10 days, 23 hours, 33 minutes, and 15 seconds away from the end of spring turkey season in Alabama. 10 days. You know, it stinks that we wait so long for turkey season to get here and it finally gets here and you blink and it's over. So 10 more days, I'm going to enjoy the 10 days and whether there are gobbling turkeys on my properties or not, I'm going to enjoy those days and make the most out of them. So earlier this week, I realized something and what I realized is that I've just about let the entire turkey season get by in Alabama, and I've let most of you get out into the woods this season without my annual turkey hunting safety episode. And I can't let the season get by without covering the topic. Yes, I know I'm late, but I'm not too late. A lot of you guys are just getting started. A lot of you are about to start come the 1st of May. And hopefully, I can help you out to stay safe in the woods. You know, I've covered this topic before. Every year, basically, we're in the start of year number three. And I've covered it for now, it's going to be three years. But I have never covered it like I really want to cover it. And today, we're going to do that. I don't have to tell you, because if you turkey hunt, you already know that turkey hunting is one of the most dangerous types of hunting that we do. It is dangerous for many different reasons. We have the dangers of the spring woods, the dangers of hunting and calling, and the dangers of guns. So we're going to talk about each one of these dangers and some preventative measures that we can take so that these things are not so dangerous for us. So, let's talk about the dangers of the spring woods first. You know, there are lots of creepy crawly creatures in the spring turkey woods. We have ticks and spiders and snakes and mosquitoes and chiggers in the south. Oh, man, they're brutal. And not all of those are dangerous or life-threatening. For example, the chiggers. But if you don't already know, chiggers can make you quite miserable for a couple of weeks. So, what do we do to keep those critters off of us? Well, obviously, insect repellent is a big help in doing that. Insect repellent with DEET. And I spray that on my clothes. And it can help keep those ticks and mosquitoes and chiggers off of you. And I highly recommend that you spray your clothes down at least one time per week during the season. Unless you wash your clothes, then they need to be sprayed down again. Or, if you get caught in a rainstorm then your clothes need to be sprayed down again. I also recommend a thermosil. And now that's just for sanity's sake, because if your bug spray works well enough, then it's going to keep the mosquitoes off of you. And it should keep those biting gnats off of you as well. But a thermosil will keep them from buzzing around your head and aggravating you to death. Or if you're like me, if you're a little bit hard of hearing, you've got that mosquito buzzing in your ear, When that turkey's drumming at 60 yards and it's very difficult to know where that drumming sound is coming from. You know, with Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever carrying ticks around, I also recommend that you get a tick check once a week from a hunting buddy to check those spots that you can't readily check, like your back and the back of your arms and the back of your legs. Or, better yet, get your spouse to do that tick check for you because he or she can better help to check your unmentionables for ticks because I will assure you that your hunting buddy does not want to check your unmentionables for ticks. I've asked each one of mine and they've all said no. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's also a very good idea to check on any bug bites that you see on yourself over the first few days that you notice them. So here's why I say that. My hunting buddy, John, got bitten by a brown recluse spider on our trip to Indiana and Ohio a couple of years ago. And that was a pretty nasty ordeal that required a doctor's visit, a lancing of the bite, and a cleaning out of the bite as well, and some antibiotics to prevent infection. Had he waited two or three more days to go to the doctor's office, that bite could have gotten much, much worse and required much more attention. But it had gotten bad enough over the three or four days since he got bit that the doctor had to do a fair amount of cleaning out of that wound. And when I'm talking about cleaning out, I'm talking about cleaning out rotting flesh. So... That can be quite painful in and of itself. So keep an eye on those bug bites to make sure that they're getting better and not worse over the first few days. It's probably not a bad idea to put a little Neosporin or some other type of antibiotic ointment or something like that on them as well. All right, so let's talk about snakes. Everyone's favorite topic, snakes. Okay, first and foremost, I'll just say Avoid snakes if you can. All of them if you can. Generally, they're not going to bother you if you don't bother them. Don't think that just because a snake is non-venomous that you can mess with it or play around with it. Because even the non-venomous snake bites can get infected and require a bunch of attention from the doctor. So a bunch of years ago, my buddy Todd was bitten by a chicken snake that he caught in our pump house at the hunting camp. He was bitten by the chicken snake because he kept messing with it. He put the snake in a bucket, a barrel, and was going to bring it home. In fact, he did bring it home, but the snake kept trying to get out of the barrel. And so Todd kept putting the snake back in, and the snake would try to get out. Todd would push the snake back in the barrel. This went on and on and on and on for about 20 minutes, when all of a sudden I hear Todd... Yell out, ouch, and the snake got him in the hand. Now, he kept an eye on that bite, kept some antibiotic ointment on it, kept it clean, and ended up not needing any medical attention. But snakes are not real clean critters. So, don't mess with the snake. A couple of other things that we can do to help stay safe when it comes to snakes is to wear snake boots. There are some good ones out there, so I'm not going to pitch a brand or any type of boot in particular. But I will say that I've never owned a pair of rubber snake boots. And, in saying that, I've never owned a pair of snake boots that didn't leak like a sieve after about 12 months. So, you may have to replace your snake boots annually, but... That's a lot cheaper than a major medical copay on your health insurance and several weeks off of work. So, try out some snake boots. They're pretty comfortable, they're pretty light, and they're a little bit cooler than rubber boots. Another thing that you can do just to be safe is to keep a snake bite kit with you. You can keep that in your vest and use it if you ever need to. Hopefully you never do. And be cognizant of stepping over fallen trees or over logs that are laying on the ground or have been cut and are laying in a road. Those are great places for a snake to coil up and wait on a mouse or a chipmunk to come by. What I typically do if there's a fallen tree is I will look on my side of the tree as I approach it. I will step on the tree. And then step off of the tree as far away from the tree as I can. Which hopefully will be out of the range of the strike of a rattlesnake. Or copperhead. Or water moccasin. Whatever kind of snake it happens to be up underneath that tree. So by stepping on the tree and then stepping off of it as far away as I can. I'm making it a lot harder for that snake to bite me. So the next thing really... Probably should go without saying but I'm going to say it avoid the places where snakes like to hang out If you can help it a lot of us who hunt in swamps can't really help it That's our only choice is to go play with the snakes, but typically we're going to find Copperheads and rattlesnakes in brush piles stump holes wood piles old homesteads or anywhere else their food sources exist Avoid those if you can And almost all of us know that cottonmouths like to hang out in or near creeks, drainages, swamps, lakes, and any other natural water source where they can catch crawfish and frogs and fish and mice and small unicorns. One other thing you can do is just throw a round or two of dove loads for your shotgun into your vest, and you can help to dispatch those venomous snakes that you run across if you wish to. You know, some hunters choose to avoid killing any snake that they run across, whether it's venomous or not, as long as the snakes are not in an area that they may harm humans or pets. And other hunters kill every single snake that they see, venomous or not. And I'm not here to judge because... Really, I don't care one way or the other what someone does with these known nest predators. Just keep your eyes and your ears open for them and avoid messing with snakes. Okay, the last thing in the spring woods that we need to worry about is poison oak, poison ivy, and poison sumac. Again, not a real good chance that this is going to be life-threatening. And most of the time when we're turkey hunting, we have very little exposed skin that may touch any of these poisonous plants. So we shouldn't have to worry much about these unless we get into a big patch of it. So if you don't know how to identify any of those poisonous plants, go to Google Images and search for poison ivy, sumac, poison oak. After doing that, You'll be able to identify them easily and quickly and avoid them. Alright, so just so no one says, hey, you didn't mention coyotes and bobcats and foxes. I'm not even going to mention coyotes, foxes, and bobcats because if you go into the turkey woods turkey hunting, you should be armed and you should be aware of your surroundings at all times. You are hunting after all. Okay. The next set of dangers that we're going to talk about are the dangers that we face while hunting and calling. First off, man, this is a big one. We should know our target, what's between us and our target, and what is beyond our target. We should know what is happening around us at all times. And this happens, I can't tell you how many times, when I hunt with people. We tend to get tunnel vision when we see a turkey or when we're hunting a turkey. Keep your eyes open for other hunters who may be approaching the same bird that you're hunting from another direction, even on private property. And keep your ears open for any hen calling that's going on in the woods while you're calling to that gobbler, as that hen calling may actually be another hunter approaching your bird and not a hen. And when in doubt, assume it is another hunter. That is always the safest thing to do. Assume it is another hunter. Don't worry about ruining your hunt. You will not spook that turkey so bad that you're never going to get another chance to hunt it. If you do see or hear another hunter, call out to him or her in a very loud and clear voice. To let them know that you're there. I do not recommend waving your hand or your hat at them. Just speak clearly and loudly and ask them to move on. You don't want to move anything so that they may mistake that movement as the turkey that they're hunting. Okay, one other thing, and I see this quite often as well when I'm hunting with other people. Avoid wearing anything that is red, white, or blue. Check the soles of your boots and the front of your hat as well for any red, white, or blue logo. And I know a lot of people who wear t-shirts underneath their camo. Do not wear a red, white, or blue t-shirt underneath your camouflage clothing. All you're doing is giving just a little bit of a glimpse of the colors of a gobbler's head and that may be all it takes for someone to mistake you for that turkey is gobbling. The same thing with jewelry. Pay attention to your jewelry and make sure that there's nothing colored in your jewelry that someone may mistake for turkey's head. When you're setting up on a turkey, sit with your back against a tree that is wider than your shoulders if it's possible, and it's not always possible to do that. Trust me, I know I live in Alabama. We hate trees in Alabama. So, a lot of times, the biggest tree that you can find to sit against is six or eight inches, maybe 10 inches in diameter. So, you can't always find that very wide tree, but if you can, find that very wide tree for a couple of reasons. First of all, it helps to break up your profile if a turkey approaches you from behind you. Also, it helps to break your profile when that turkey is approaching from in front of you. But, for safety reasons, it'll protect you against someone approaching you from behind and possibly seeing you move and mistaking you for the turkey. Okay, if you are hunting public land, please... Please, please do not gobble, and do not fan, and do not reap at any time. It is absolutely not worth doing that. All you are doing is drawing attention to yourself, and the wrong kind of attention. You're drawing attention of someone who has a shotgun to yourself. Now, if you're hunting public ground, and... When you hear a turkey gobble from a distance and you get in there to that turkey and you find someone else is working that bird that you moved into, then move out of the area the way that you came in slowly and quietly and be respectful to that other hunter and be safe as well. The key is to live to hunt another day. All right. So what do we do when we get lucky and that turkey comes in? And we're able to get a shot. Well, after you shoot a turkey, if the turkey is down on the ground, please don't run out there to the bird. You know, we see that on so many hunting shows and in so many videos. And it's just not smart to do that. It is not smart to run anywhere with a loaded gun. What I typically do after I shoot a bird and bird's down, I stand up and I move slowly deliberately and as directly to the turkey as i possibly can the whole time i am prepared to take another shot if that turkey gets up when you get to the turkey if you put a good shot on that turkey you do not need to stand on that turkey's head or neck after shooting them i have seen people get spurred that way in the legs Their spurs are sharp and they can spur your leg while they flop around on the ground, even if they're dead. If you put a good solid shot on that turkey, he's dead. Even if he's flopping around, he's dead. If you did not put a solid shot on that turkey, before you get up to the turkey, when you're 10 yards away, either shoot that turkey with another round of your turkey shells or take your turkey shell out and put one of your dove loads in. Aim at the top of the turkey's head and shoot. Shotgun shells are cheap. Remember what I said about replacing snake boots being cheaper than a major medical deductible for your health insurance? Shotgun shells are way cheaper than a major medical deductible for your health insurance. Shoot the turkey again. If you mess up the head of that turkey and you want to get that turkey mounted, your taxidermist can buy another head For that turkey. And no one will know the difference. Not even you. Unless your taxidermist decides to tell you. Alright. If you're hunting with a buddy. And one of you or both of you. Are lucky enough to shoot. You should both find out. If you're clear. Before getting up from your setup spot. So in other words. You shoot. At the turkey. Your buddy. Should say to you. Am I okay to get up? In other words, are you about to shoot again, or is there another turkey that you see that I don't see that you're going to take a shot at, or you think I need to take a shot at? Ask your hunting partner if it's okay for you to get up after he or she shoots the turkey. Several years ago, in Alabama, two guys were hunting together. They called in a turkey, and... There was one person calling, and then there was a shooter, a designated shooter. So the turkey comes in, the designated shooter shoots, the turkey starts to run off. Well, the caller jumps up and starts to run towards the turkey, just as the shooter fires off a second shot, and he shot the caller in the knee. Taking a shotgun shot to the knee at close distance is probably not good. All right, the other thing I'm going to say is know your hunting buddy and make sure that he or she is briefed on the firearm they are using and general safety rules for turkey hunting. Heck, even forward this episode via text to a hunting buddy or two as a reminder for them. If you're hunting by yourself, and I hunt by myself a lot because I do hunt every day and... Not all of my hunting buddies can sneak away on the days that I go. It's a great idea to send a map with a pen dropped on it to your spouse or one of your hunting buddies to let him or her know where you are along with a text as to when you think you'll be back to camp or home. Now, if you get lost in the woods while you're trying to get to a turkey or while you're trying to get back to camp after turkey hunting, don't panic. A lot of times you're better off just sitting down where you are. If you have sent a map with a pin on it to a hunting buddy or to your spouse and you get turned around, if you will just sit down, you should be fairly close to where you dropped that pin. And when that happens, someone should be able to get to you pretty quickly and pretty easily. Don't panic. Keep your eyes and your ears open for any noises, any vehicles that you hear on the road, or boats on water. Pay attention to that. That may be the easiest way out. Watch the sun and the shadows for a while. And if you do that, you should be able to get a general idea of which direction you're headed or which direction you need to head. And you know, if you fall or you get injured and you need attention, if you have cell service and your smartphone with you, then you can text out that map with a pen on it to a friend or hunting buddy. But also remember that three shots fired in the air is a well-known call for help, but it is hunting season after all, and people expect to hear shots. It is not unusual to hear multiple shots in the woods during turkey season. Now, you may want to use that strategy with caution as well, because you might just need those shotgun shells to keep the coyotes and buzzards off of you until help arrives. Okay, obviously that's a joke, but seriously, that is why a hunt plan is always a great idea to give someone before you go out in the woods, or just let someone know the general area that you're going to be in if you're hunting by yourself, and what time they'll expect you back. Pilots and boaters generally let others know what their plans are what their travel routes are. And we hunters should be doing the same thing. Another thing that can help you, carry matches and a whistle in your vest. Neither one of those things take up much space, neither one of those things are very heavy, and both of those things can save your life in an emergency. You never know where you may end up right at nightfall, if you're turned around or lost, and those things can help keep you warm and boil water for drinking, let others know your exact location. Okay, so let's talk a little bit of gun safety. The gun safety is always a good reminder for us. Rule number one, treat every firearm as if it's loaded. Every single one of them. Even if you just unloaded the firearm, treat it as if it is loaded. Never point it at anything that you don't want to shoot. Remember, it's the unloaded guns that kill people. What I mean by that is it's the guns that someone thinks are unloaded that kill people. Never point your gun at something that you don't intend on shooting. And, please, I see this all the time when I'm hunting with people. Please be cautious of what direction your muzzle is pointed when you're crouching to go under brush or bushes as you're walking through the woods, or crawling to get a closer position to that gobbling tom. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the lead crawling on a turkey, and I turn around and look, and my hunting partner behind me is crawling with his gun barrel pointed right at me. We need to pay attention to those things. When we're crawling around on the ground, it's easy for a safety to be turned off, and it's very easy for that trigger to catch on a stick, or a sapling, or for us to touch it by accident. Alright, always, always, always make sure your safety is on and that your finger is never on the trigger until you get ready to shoot. I generally check my safety multiple times while I'm on a hunt. And, I don't take a safety off of my gun when I'm set up on a turkey, until I see the turkey. I know some people that will take the safety off when they sit down. And I can tell you that I, personally, sit down on a lot more turkeys that I kill. Or that I even get a shot at. So, taking the safety off before you actually see that turkey is generally not a very safe thing to do. Alright, the last gun safety tip that I have for you is to please unload your gun. When you're putting it back in your vehicle, going from point A to point B. It literally takes a handful of seconds to load your gun, and a handful of seconds to unload it. Unload it when you put it back in your vehicle, and when you get to point B, and you're going to take it out and go back out hunting again, load it again. I mean, it's just that easy. There is no reason not to do that. If the gun safety part of this sounds preachy, then I'm sorry. But it's something that I feel very, very strongly about. And we can never get enough reminders. We can never get enough reminders. Okay, so I'm going to sum up the safety reminder episode right now. Many times when we're hunting turkeys, we get in a hurry. I'm just as guilty of it as anyone else. But when we are in a hurry, when the hunt gets heated up, That is when we are not thinking ahead or thinking logically. Slow down when in the woods and ask yourself a few questions. One of them should be, is my safety on? Another one should be, is my barrel pointed in a safe direction? And another question should be, and I use this question all the time, even when I'm not in the woods hunting. When you're about to do something remotely risky, ask yourself, What is the worst thing that might happen if I do blank? If you'll ask yourself those questions and give yourself honest answers and then make a decision or an alternate plan based on your answers, then you may find yourself doing less and less risky stuff. We all need to get rid of that it can't or it won't happen to me attitude. It can happen. And it does happen to people just like you and just like me all the time. Okay, again, I apologize for having this conversation with you guys so late in the season, but it needed to be done. I feel better for doing it. If only one of you will stop and think before you go into the woods, or if any of you guys are playing this episode on the way to your hunting spot over the weekend, And you have a child in the vehicle with you, or a new hunter in the vehicle with you. This episode may be what it takes to prevent an abs beep to prevent an accident from happening. And if that happens, all of the time and all of the effort in every single show that I have ever done is worth it. Okay, so. If you've listened to any of the past three or four episodes, you know that we have moved to a premium subscription in order to access the full episode each week of the Turkey Hunter podcast. But you are listening to the full episode this week because I feel like it is that important. Now, next week we will have a free abbreviated episode and a full premium episode both of those uploaded. So if you want to go ahead and subscribe to the premium content for the Turkey Hunter podcast, then all you need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter. I know it's two words, but make it one word, no spaces, Turkey Hunter to the number 44222. What will happen is I will send you a text message back that asks for you to reply only with your email address. And when you reply only with your email address, I will send you at that point an email that has a link to my website where you can go and subscribe to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And you can create your username and password that you will use for the Podbean application to be able to listen to the premium content. If you have any questions, shoot me an email Andy at IamTurkeyHunting.com Okay, before I let you guys go today, I have a favor to ask of you. You're shocked and amazed, I know. I know, I know, I know. If you will do this one thing for me. If you're on Facebook, if you will tag a buddy, tag a friend on Facebook, on this post, on my IamTurkeyHunting page, tag a buddy that you hunt with, Because sometimes we don't always watch what our hunting buddies do when they hunt with us. Sometimes we can't watch what they do when they're hunting with us. And wouldn't it be nice to know that someone gave a reminder about turkey hunting safety to your buddy in hopes that he or she will be more aware of their actions and what results their actions may have? I think so. Alright, if you don't have Facebook... Then look at your podcast player app on your device. There is a share button on there. Click that share button in your Podbean app or your other podcast player app and text this episode to one or two of your hunting buddies. I'm telling you it's a great reminder. And a lot of times we don't want to have this conversation with our buddies. But our buddies do things that are not safe in the woods. And if they'll hear this episode... It might just be your rear end. They don't shoot while crawling on a turkey. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week. And be safe in the woods. And I will see you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show